This is Arab Talk on KPOO 89.5 FM in San Francisco. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Nam. And I'm Jamal Dejani. Well, Jamal, there's no Happy New Year, no Merry Christmas, and no joy in Palestine as we welcome 2024. The ethnic cleansing and genocide in Gaza and throughout historic Palestine continues unabated as we welcome 2024. Over 22,000 Palestinian civilians have been brutally murdered. 70% of those individuals have been women and children. There are close to 10,000 children that have been brutally murdered by the apartheid uh, state of Israel and its IDF. Starvation is reaching, according to the WHO, such grave levels that they're anticipating that there could be deaths, mass deaths, just from starvation. So on today's show, Jamal, we're going to review everything that's been happening in 2023, talk about the political and uh, updates for 2024, and kind of review where we're at. There's a lot of news right now, in addition to the items that I've spoken about. South Africa has instituted proceedings at the ICC against Israel under the Genocide Convention. Blinken and Biden continue to bypass Congress, sending more weapons, including 2,000-pound bombs that are being dropped on civilians. Churches and Christians in Gaza are being actively targeted. Even Israel is admitting that they're using the wrong weapons to kill civilians, but they continue to do that. And there are multiple videos of Israeli soldiers kidnapping and parading Palestinian children and, uh, you know, stripping them down to their underwear and humiliating them. The grotesqueness and the moral depravity of the Israeli genocide against Palestine, Jamal, continues unabated. We're going to be covering all of that today. This is the 88th day, uh, Jess, or uh, it's now the 13th week of Israel's genocide in Gaza. And again, and we talked about this, the Biden administration is completely in support of Israel's slaughter of more than, as you mentioned, 22,000 people. By the way, this figure is a low figure because it does not account for those who are still under the rubble. So if you look at other figures, yes, the number might be 30,000, could be more. 70% of those are women and children. Somewhere, babies in incubators that the IOF deliberately cut the electricity to or just left them to die. They've been using dumb bombs, which we know that. And, and so they haven't been, uh, what they, as they said before, uh, targeting Hamas. D- uh, you know, bombing from the air uh, by tanks, etc. bunker busters, according to them, summary executions and withholding food and medical supplies. Israel is intent on first exterminating as many Palestinians as it can. There is no denying of this. I don't know where is uh, the Biden administration or all, all these people who are saying that Israel, and in between quotes, is a moral army or the most moral army in the world. They're rendering Gaza uninhabitable. Think about it. Uh- Gaza has now been rendered uninhabitable. This is, and I'm going to say that, this is not just a genocide. You could also call it, this is a Palestinian holocaust in the making. The scale and pace of Israel's destruction and slaughter are without equal in recent times. This is not a war, Jess. Israel has one of the most powerful and well-equipped militaries in the world, supported by 
the United States, supported by many European countries, although it states its intent is to obliterate Hamas. Hamas is not a state. You have 2.2 million people, 2.2 million, say 2 million of them, let's say, are civilians that are being slaughtered. Israeli officials has all, have also stated that they are basically considering everyone in Gaza to be an adversary and, were, and, and a worthy target. You've, we've watched on TV, right. we've listened with our own ears to their minister saying that everyone is a Hamas, everyone is a legitimate target. So this is the situation, and we'll talk about some of the stories that you've mentioned, and, and we might not get to all of them. Uh, you know, the figures are crazy. Uh, Euromed estimates include those buried in the rubble, as I've mentioned now. The number is over 30,000. 56,600, and you're in the, in the health feed. Imagine you have 56,697 people injured. Many of them lost limbs. Many of them are paraplegic. Uh, many of them lost eyes. And, and so think about that society that you'll have. Or, or, and then this is happening while Israel has destroyed basically all the hospitals in Gaza. So you have all these people that are receiving uh, health care, I would say, equivalent to the mid medieval time, you know, with no anesthetic and no uh, equipment and, you know. But not, but not even that, Jamal. I mean, we have been monitoring very carefully and out of the 40 or so clinics and hospitals in Gaza, maybe two or three are barely able to function now for 2.2 million Palestinians in Gaza. As you mentioned, 56,000 are injured and more are injured every day. Uh, uh, the Israel, Israeli military is a pace to kill anywhere from 100 to 200 Palestinians every day. They are denying medical supplies to come into Gaza, as you mentioned amputations of children's limbs without anesthesia. And another issue which we've been finding out about, Jamal, is that the Israeli military and the apartheid state have refused to allow vaccinations to come into Gaza now at a time when the viral exposure to just typical uh, viruses during the winter months like flu and cold, in addition to RSV and COVID, are exploding and there is a there is a pandemic right now of viral infections sweeping these closely contained areas, uh, Jamal, in the south of Gaza, where Palestinians are fleeing in quotes for their safety. So the medical crisis, the humanitarian crisis, the starvation crisis, the the crisis, as you call it, the Palestinian Holocaust of the modern era, is unfolding before our eyes, Jamal, and the world. And I will say world leaders have turned a blind eye to the suffering that's happening right before their eyes. I'm very concerned about the health consequences, Jamal, especially because without vaccines and without adequate medical care, the number of people, especially children that will die and other vulnerable populations will be massive, unlike anything we've seen in the modern era. And they've killed 500 healthcare professionals. So not only right. they've destroyed hospitals, Jess, they're killing doctors. They've been targeting uh, hospitals and ambulances. One Red Cross paramedic stated that he and other paramedics were detained for hours with their hands tied behind their backs while soldiers beat them on their heads. Israel 
lied about bombing Al-Shifa hospital, saying that it was the headquarters for Hamas was hiding. No one talks about that. All the media Nobody. basically uh, bit the bait, and they were saying, yeah, the, you know, they're showing you, remember that kind of uh, video that everybody mocked, but no one is apologizing to say that they've bombed a hospital under false pretext. They deliberately lied about that, and during that time when they bombed the hospital, just thousand people, like in a in, in couple of days, were killed, who, uh, who sheltered in, in the hospital because Israel also destroyed UNRWA shelters. They've destroyed. Now you have 1,920,000 people displaced. So where, where are they supposed to go? People who had their homes destroyed, uh, they've been, you know, sheltering in the 88 plus uh, UNRWA shelters. They've been bombed. So they go to hospitals. Right. They bombed them. They go to schools. They've bombed them. They go to mosques, they've bombed them. They go to churches, they've bombed them. 23 hospitals are basically now destroyed. They are destroyed, 23 hospitals. And according to the, and we'll talk about the next thing here, Jess, which is another troubling figure, which is 40% of Gaza population at risk of famine, according to UNRWA. Well, it's actually higher, Jamal. Some of the, and in, in the World Food Program has actually had a much higher estimate saying that 90% of the Palestinians in Gaza are barely able to get one meal a day. And that one meal that they're barely getting every day, Jamal, is, is not meeting the nutritional requirements necessary to live at all. So the, I understand the UNRWA statistic, but the w World Food Organization uh, has, has issued a, actually a much more dire warning. And we know that you know, 500 trucks a day of food, water, medicine, supplies were coming into Gaza before October 7th. And now it's a trickle. It's maybe 20, 30 uh, trucks a day. And they're not able to get to the north where the famine, the starvation, the isolation is even the greatest right now, Jamal. So it's, it is catastrophic. Yeah, well, they're also uh, targeting these trucks. I mean, if we yes. go by the UNRWA figures, 70 trucks of aid is trickling in relative to the 500 day previously. Right. And Israel has shot at eight convoys and bombed shelters where Palestinians have been directed to go to as safe areas. This is what uh, Antonio Gutierrez said, stated early in December, and I'm quoting here, the threat to safety and security of UN staff is unprecedented and that the number of UN workers killed in Gaza has been the greatest single loss of life in the UN's history, pay attention to this. This is in the UN's history. They've never seen so many UN employees getting killed. So even if adequate aid crosses the border into Gaza, Israeli restrictions on movement, bombardments, fuel shortages, make it impossible for UN agencies to, to reach most uh, in need. Well, that's exactly right, Jamal. And you know, th it, and you're putting your finger on something that's really important in terms of the 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 kind of uh, persistent uh, lies that the Israeli government and the military have been providing and have been, uh, you know, uh, spewing for the last number of months. Which is, we have created safe corridors for Palestinians in Gaza so that they can be removed from the active fighting. We know that's a big lie because, you know, 1.9 million now internally displaced going from 
the north, which is where the invasion started, and telling Palestinians in Gaza to go to the south. Well, Jamal, where is the most active fighting right now going on in Gaza? It's in the south. It's precisely the areas where the Israeli military forced Palestinians to go to, go to into these closed, constricted areas where it's freezing, it's raining, and as I said, we have these viral infections going on, you know, targeting just, you know, thousands and thousands of Palestinians and mostly the children. And they're being squeezed in these areas where the most active fighting is going on for the Israeli military. And we need to keep highlighting that, Jamal, because the Israeli military and the government continues to lie. They lie through their teeth. This is not a war, Jamal. Let's be very clear. And our listeners and viewers need to understand this. And this is the complicity of the mainstream media. This is not a war. This is an attempt to ethnically cleanse and destroy the habitability of 2.2 million Palestinians in their indigenous lands. There, there is 70% of buildings in Gaza, 70% Jamal, of all buildings in Gaza that were used to house Palestinians are completely uninhabitable right now. Even if the fighting stops, where are these human beings? Where are these individuals? Where are these families going to live? And these lies about this being a war need to be called out. This is absolutely not a war, Jamal. And we, we can, I condemn the media for, for saying that, that it's a war. It's, a, it's not a war. It's not a war against Hamas. If you want to call it a war, call it a war against all Palestinians. But it's not a war because it's a war. of war extermination. You... If they want to say it's a war of extermination of Palestinians, yes. basically. Yes, I want to go back to the to the health and sanitary conditions. Just uh, another statistic here, which is crazy. Nine out of ten people have spent one full day and night without food. Professor Devi, uh, Devi Sridhar, chair of uh, global health at the University of Edinburgh, has stated that preventable diseases resulting from lack of clean water, poor sanitary conditions, and access to medical uh, medical care will result in the imminent death of 25% of Gaza's population. That is like more than half a million people. I mean, it's like trying to process that. Like this is just like without Israel shooting them and killing them because they created this condition, unsanitary condition and unhealthy condition. These people, if they are not rescued now, provided with healthcare, food, etc., they're going to die. Half a million people, more than half a million people. Well, that's exactly right, Jamal. And what, what, what our listeners and viewers need to understand is that the need is not something like extraordinary. We're talking about clean water because oh, well over 90% of Palestinians in Gaza have no access to clean water. They're drinking dirty water. They're drinking salt water, which causes other problems. Obviously, other health concerns, it destroys, you know, and uh, creates incredible problems for your body, for especially your kidneys uh, and overall health, uh, dehydration in addition to the starvation. But we're just we're just demanding the basic vaccines be allowed to come in to Gaza to prevent the half a million people that will die from communicable uh, uh, diseases that can be easily, easily treated, Jamal. And that is being denied by the Israeli government to come into Gaza, just the basic normal vaccines. It's, it's not medical 
uh, it's not medical malpractice. It's not even medical apartheid, but it is medical apartheid. It's medical malfeasance. It's using the, the medical consequences of this war, Jamal, to do the killing that the Israeli military uh, can't do by itself. So as you said, that statistic, I think, is a conservative one, that if these medicines and clean water are not afforded to Palestinians in Gaza very soon, it could easily be well over half a million people dying from medical complications of not having these basic necessities. The list of uh, war crimes is so long that we cannot probably talk about all of these uh, war crimes that Israel ha uh, has been committing. The Israeli occupation forces has also been rounding up civilian men, children, women, stripping them, taking them to a stadium and then making them kneel for hours, as well as parading them around. The IOF did not apologize, but defended this as a way to filter out Hamas. Then people started recognizing people from those pictures that they've been bragging about posting these right. pictures and recognizing, recognizing these people. They were doctors, professors, janitors, hospital workers, their neighbors, UN workers, the local baker, right. journalists. And I, and I repeat here, Jess, young minor children. This is a humiliation tactic, which is considered a war crime. First, the IOF claimed they were Hamas. Some of them were taken away in trucks in scenes just that evoke mass executions in Srebrenica. Uh, when right. then this happened. I mean, if you look at these pictures and, and, and some people even uh, compared it to, to what the Nazis were doing, uh, showing these trucks with naked men, women, and children. It, it's, it's a kind of depravity, Jamal, and uh, that we have been talking about for many, many years here on Arab Talk. And what we're seeing is a couple of things. An acceleration of the, of the crimes against humanity, against Palestinian civilians, the humiliation, the images, as you mentioned, that are reminiscent of other ethnic cleansings in in the in the in the modern era, even some more recently, and let let let's kind of look at that. That and I keep coming back to this part because I do think that this needs to be called out as we kind of think about what's going to happen in 2024. And and before I get to my point, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu said today, this is just today that the war in Gaza against Hamas, this is his words, are going to go on for the entire year of 2024. Not just a couple of months, as they've said just even last week, but they're now preparing the world community for the idea of a retakeover and a reoccupation of Gaza and a military presence of the, of, of the IOF into Gaza for the foreseeable future, into the next year, which means cataclysmic kind of devastation in terms of the civilian population. W with all that said, all of these things are happening, but what are world leaders doing, Jamal? They're celebrating the new year. They're saying Merry Christmas. They're saying all these bizarre things and getting focused on things to turn away from the atrocities, from the brutality, from the genocide. That is happening right now, even though you have millions of people worldwide who are rising up to condemn these atrocities, 
to stand in solidarity with Palestine, to stand in solidarity with Palestinians in Gaza, you have world leaders who are turning a blind eye. And at the top of the world leaders that are turning a blind eye, and we're going to spend some time talking about this today, Joe Biden, Antony Blinken, the Senate, and the Congress of the United States of America. All have been turning a blind eye to these atrocities. And in addition to turning the blind eye, Jamal, as you mentioned earlier, continuing to send weapons without congressional approval to a state that is actively engaged in committing these crimes against humanity. And I think this will be the big story as we think about 2023, is that the blood on the hands of the U.S. government in supporting and uh, condoning and giving cover to these war crimes of 2023 going into 2024. Just Christmas or cele uh, celebrations of Christmas were canceled in Bethlehem. I mean, yeah, there's, ha there's no I joy to, in Bethlehem. Do, do I have to say more? I mean, no. I mean, when people no. turn their eyes and celebrate Christmas, what do you think about? You think about the birthplace of uh, Jesus Christ and so forth. And so <laughs> those celebrations were canceled because of the genocide. Israel has no more regard for Christian life than Muslim life. The Christians of Gaza are a small community with a very long, deep ties. Some are originally from Gaza, while, while others are refugees from 1948. They trace their origins back to the origin, original Christians. They numbered about 5,000 uh, individuals prior to Israel's siege on Gaza, after which many left due to, the pover to poverty and, hu and hunger, basically. Most are Greek Orthodox, but there are Catholics and Protestants as well, and they have a fluid intermingling, you know, connection there. Christians and Muslims are in solidarity under the Israeli occupation and are attacked and reviled equally. October, on October 17th, Israel, and this is something people have to remember, bombed the Anglican hospital. Right. They bombed Al-Ahli, killing 500 people, receiving treatment and taking refuge there. Two days later, they bombed St. Uh, uh, Porphyrius Orthodox Church, Gaza's oldest church, killing 18 Christians, many of them children. This is in keeping in its disregards and attacks on churches and Christians outside of Gaza, by the way. Christians are often spit on or attacked when walking through the old city. This holds true for religious tourists from outside Israel. And then what did we hear? Did we hear a condemnation? No. The Pope mentioned it in passing. There wasn't right. like a major official condemnation. Joe Biden claims to be a... Catholic, a devout Catholic, two but Catholic, also a Zionist. But also a well, Zionist. you know, a Christian, a Christian woman, Zionist. a mother, and her daughter, a mother who who went out of the basically the church. She was shot dead, or no, actually she was shot and left to bleed. Her daughter went to rescue her. They shot her daughter. Then other people went to to rescue them. They bombed them, so they ended up killing the, the mother and her daughter and injuring and killing others. I mean, this is the scene. So when we talk about why Palestinians are not celebrating Christmas, this is why, when everybody is basically watching. And I want to move on here, and we'll talk about this because other stories keep coming up. And this is another war crime Israel claims to have used, and not claims, 
It, Israel admitted, admitted to yeah. have used the wrong kind of ammo, killing in civilians on Christmas Eve. Right. On Christmas Eve, Israel launched airstrikes on the Magadzi refugee camp in central Gaza, murdering 86 people, mostly women and children. And initially they said, oh, they were targeting Hamas. I mean, they were targeting Hamas. And all of a sudden you have the cameras of Al Jazeera and other networks showing you children. What are you talking about? These are children, women lying on the ground, dead, limbs flying all over. And then after they were confronted with these pictures, damning evidence, basically, what do they say? Oh, we used the incorrect ammunition. Incorrect ammunition was used, and it should not have happened. No apology was given. No apology was given. They just, oops. Of course. We used the wrong ammo. And uh, to add insult to criminality and insult to war crimes, Jamal, even after Israel admitted to using, quote, the incorrect bombs. I mean, let's let's keep in mind they're bombing civilians. What would be a correct bomb? But be that as it may, they admitted they use they use the wrong bombs. The Biden administration is funneling millions. They just approved, for, you know, uh, over a hundred million dollars in more military aid and the hundred forty-seven point five million to be exact. Yes, Jamal, you know what that $147 million is? It's more ammunition. They're sending more ammunition. So this gets back to another thing that's happening, and there are a number of lawsuits that are working their way uh, from the United States to the International Criminal Court and the Leahy Act, uh, all these different laws that forbid the United States from knowing, uh, from sending weapons to client states where they know uh, that the, or presume or that these weapons may be used against civilians. There's no better example, and I should say obvious example of that, when the United States is sending weapons to uh, Israel, knowing that the very next day that those weapons could be dropped on civilians in Gaza and killing men, women, and children. So we should expect, and you know, we're kind of, you know, this is our first show in 2024, so we have a number of, we. this is the the show that we make our predictions of is that I do predict that there are going to be a whole slew of lawsuits coming against the United States, obviously against the apartheid state of Israel, to the International Criminal Court, but also within the U.S. system for uh, violations of the Leahy Act. So we should expect that that could be ramped up significantly. There's no better example of the duplicity, the hypocrisy, and the moral depravity of Joe Biden and Antony Blinken when they bypass Congress to send the weapons to a state, so-called state, that's engaged in these war crimes. And what did Antony Blinken say today, Jamal? He gave a full-throated approval and justification for doing this. And he said, and this is almost a quote, we have to support Israel uh, to support itself. Does anyone believe that kind of outrageous comment that Israel is defending itself by dropping 2,000-pound bunker-busting bomb bunker uh, bombs on the Magazi refugee camp, one of the most densely populated areas on the planet? It is complete BS, Jamal, for Antony Blinken to say that kind of thing. And everybody knows it, but he's still mouthing the words. 
Well, to give more context to this, Jess, for those who have, been, have not been following this, I mean, this is the second time Secretary of State Blinken has bypassed congressional reviews just within a month to right. send the $147.5 million worth of shells and equipment to Israel using, and I'm quoting here, an emergency determination. And then again, another quote, given the urgency of Israel's defensive needs. That's that's what he said. Defensive? Yeah, yeah, defensive. <laughs> right. they're, they're, they're bombing the hell out of Gaza, killing children, men, and destroying that's hospitals. That's defensive. Yeah. Blinken said the emergency necessitated the immediate approval of the transfer. That's why he's giving that reason for bypassing Congress. Blinken did this previously in early December. This is early December, right. back again, I said less than a month, approving what is termed as an emergency sale of 14,000 round of tank ammunition, $106 million worth. He uses the word, by the way, sale. And you know that this is a BS, joke, right? It's a but joke. Since Israel has, when, but since when has Israel ever bought anything from the U.S. from its own pocket. Basically, Never. it's a sale, and it comes out of money from U.S. aid. So right. we give them the money, and we tell them, buy the bombs from us, don't buy them from Britain, or don't buy them from France, whatever, to kill more Palestinians. So by, 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 passing, by bypassing congressional review, no constraints or conditions can be imposed on, on their use, such as limiting civilian casualties. Listen to this. The Congress, even though Congress, and this is something we talked about it, it's not, again, that's another war. This is not, we're not going to be talking about this, the Ukraine war and our involvement and the money we've been funneling out to the Ukraine. They are still debating the last request to send more weapons to Ukraine. Because that's this is what happens, like, if... If you do it the right way, it has to go to Congress and there'll be a debate and justification and pro and con and all these things. Except that Blinken basically, you know, uh, bypasses congressional approval so we can send these weapons basically to replenish what Israel has exhausted dropping on Gaza. Well, and, that, and, and stated as an emergency. Now, the question is an emergency. What is the threat to the United States? Exactly. It's a, it's a joke, Jamal. There's no emergency. There's no emergency whatsoever. The Israeli government and its, and its military, which is engaged in these crimes against humanity, wants more bombs to kill civilian Palestinians. There's no way to spin it. And when you see Blinken and Biden kind of making these uh, patently false kind of grotesque lies about what they're doing, all they're really doing, and you know, I, I, I've been kind of alluding to this, and I'm going to use uh, some strong language, is digging their own political grave. This is what Biden and Blinken are doing. They have decided to hitch their wagon and made a deal with the devil. They're digging their own political grave. They the blood that is on the hands of the U.S. government, and specifically Joe Biden and Antony Blinken, by sending more weapons that are known and will be used to kill children and civilians in Gaza is, is a crime against humanity. 
the whole world knows it, but they are going full steam ahead. And this is going to, as I said, I mean, we're, you know, we're going to be making some predictions, you know, later on in the show, actually pretty close here. I believe that this catastrophic mistake, this moral depraved uh, attitude that Joe Biden says, being a proud Zionist is going to come back to haunt him. Do you know that every single poll that's coming out right now in a head-to-head battle between Donald Trump and Joe Biden shows Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in a head-to-head race for 2024? Do you know that the state of Michigan, a swing state, has uh, Donald Trump up by 10%, 10%, Jamal, over Joe Biden? Do you know that the state of Georgia, which was another closely contentious race, in 2020, is showing Donald Trump beating Joe Biden there too. So I have some 2000, some we'll new come back, years. We'll come back to these predictions we'll because we have one major oh, okay. item we have to talk about, and then we'll come back yeah, yeah. to to do several of the predictions because, which is really the South Africa. Uh, oh yeah, on on, on December. 29th, just right. a few days ago, South Africa has filed a case against Israel at the International Court of Justice, yes. accusing it of crimes of genocide against Palestinians. And I'm going to go through here because it's, uh, bear with me, uh, just to give some uh, background to it. Um, you, know, in Ga- uh, you know, they filed that case uh, after nearly three months of relentless Israeli bombardment that has killed more than as we've mentioned, 22,000 Palestinians and caused widespread destruction in the besieged uh, enclave. The application describer, uh, describes Israel's actions in Gaza, and I'm quoting, a, a genocidal in character because they are intended to bring about the destruction of a substantial part of the Palestinian national, racial, racial and ethnical group. That's, 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 this is very important. That's the war of extermination that we've been talking about. According to Article 2 of the Genocide Convention, genocide involves acts committed with the intent to destroy either in whole or in part a national, ethnic, ra- uh, racial, or religious group. That's, that's really the, the real definitions. So three leading Israeli officials, they're taking all all collecting, you know, I, I don't want to summarize the whole thing, but the key points that they're making, uh, they're taking the points of the three leading Israeli officials who have declared intent, so to prove the intent. One, Israeli President Herzog, when he said there are no innocents in Gaza, right? So that's now, with a broad, whatever, brush, he painted the entire Palestinian people living in Gaza as Hamas, and they're not innocent. Two, the defense minister who said Israel will impose collective punishment on the people of Gaza because they are human animals. Remember that? Yep. In case yep. people had forgotten, this is what he descri- this is what he described Palestinian children, men and women living in Gaza, human animals, okay? And Three, Netanyahu also used a biblical analogy in a statement widely interpreted as genocidal call, the children of the light needing to exterminate the children of the dark, meaning Gazans. And that's another thing. So as, uh, of course, as uh, you know, 
I mean, those are like three instances where you have leaders. We're not talking about just soldiers committing random acts of violence or genocide or killing civilians. The, this is the intent that now they have to establish and, and the call to action by basically the, the defense minister, by the prime minister, and others, by the way. Those are just like, those are just the top echelon, if you want to say, in the Israeli government. Of course, as expected, and this is you laugh about this because this is, I think, I don't know if you read that, but this is hot off the press. Uh, as to be expected, Israel has rejected South Africa's move as baseless, calling it blood libel. <laughs> but what you laugh at is, and I'll, I'll, I'll give other examples, but is that today in Haaretz, uh, if you check out this article, and they are now looking into hiring your favorite attorney, Alan Dershowitz. Yes, I, I saw that. To, and to, Alan Dershowitz should do this. Yes, to, to, of course. To, to basically defend Israel. And my big question is, is he going to keep his underwear on? Uh, you know, <laughs> that, that's that's basically. But anyway. Yeah. And then I they're think... going, you know, with South Africa's claim lacks both factual and, and legal basis. Uh, Israel has made it clear the residents of Gaza, uh, you know. But anyway. It's a long, long thing, uh, and I'm sure it's available on the internet for people who are interested in, in uh, basically how they lay down their case, uh, you know, to the court. And I'm, it's, 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 and it's coming out of South Africa is a big deal to me. It's, it's a big deal. This is one country that suffered under an apartheid regime, which Israel is now. To to understand what's a genocide, to understand what's apartheid, to be the one leading this and of course very very disappointing that that not a single arab country or other countries have oh, taken yeah. the lead to do that oh absolutely jamal and i think this is an important point as we kind of go into this next segment that the complicity of of arab leaders not the arab world because the people on the streets as we 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 must and rightfully point out are 100 percent in support and in complete solidarity with Palestine, unquestionably. And we see the demonstrations across the uh, Middle East, North Africa, and the Gulf. However, the leaders, whether it's uh, Egypt, Jordan, Morocco, the Gulf, everywhere have been complicit in this uh, by silence, Jamal. With Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, who have already said, MBS has already said quietly to anybody who will listen, that after the dust settles, so to speak, he intends to rekindle the uh, relationship building with the apartheid state of Israel to establish normal ties. They did a poll, Jamal, among uh, Saudis, and the Saudis, 97% said that the Saudi Arabian uh, monarchy should not establish normalization ties with the apartheid state of Israel. Yet MBS continues to signal that he will do this. And this shows you the complicity of the leaders of the Arab world who continue to not only support and condone what is happening in Palestine, but again, turn a blind eye. They may mouth a few words, and we've heard a few things from Sisi, who is terrified about the protests that are going on in Egypt right now and has attempted to shut it down to the crown prince in Jordan, where the internet has been in essentially locked down right now, Jamal, from uh, the intensity of the outrage that is being uh, displayed by Jordanians uh, right now. So 
the complicity, there's a lot of there's a lot of shame and blame to share among leaders of the world, including those leaders in the Arab world, Jamal. Well, I mean, I've been reading that some might piggyback, uh, not, o- not only in the Arab world, but other countries, like I've, I've read that Indonesia might endorse it and others, they might uh, piggyback on, 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 on the case. However, it's really disappointing when you have this whole supposedly negotiations like uh, going on with uh, about normalization and about, for example, Saudi Arabia, trying to take the front seat as that it is the representative of the Arab world and so forth, when they know they've been watching day in, day out, the slaughter right in front of their eyes on satellite TV, on the internet, and so forth. And then the other thing that you've mentioned, listen, everybody knows what's happening. In Jordan, they know what's happening. You can't shut down everything now. The whole world, they have demonstrations. Actually, I have to hand it to the Jordanian people because they've been demonstrating in the streets. Every day. All over the world, they've been the largest demonstrations. Turkey, Erdogan, who always like talks big but does nothing really. That's another person who I fault because he, all, he always talks big. Well, what did he do about it? Nothing. Well, they had nothing. I don't know a million people uh, in Istanbul, basically shutting down the entire city, demonstrating for Palestine. The problem is not with the people, as we've said, because we've seen the masses, including in the United States. Look at the demonstrations in the United States on college campuses, in big cities, in New York, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, in Chicago. Everywhere that you go, you see these demonstrations. And it's just basically we have a problem with governments, with leaders. And and in, in many cases, that's why going back to the idea of the genocide and going to what the Israeli politicians now they are coming out clearly just and saying what their intent all along they want to transfer the Palestinian kill as many of them as possible make Gaza inhabitable and then transfer them it didn't work with them send them to Jordan and send them to um, Egypt to the Sinai desert they said no they're actually shopping around they're actually Smotrich and, and others. They, they're saying, like, if Europe can take some, the United States can take some. It's Canada. Budget. Canada can t- take. Yes, they're shopping around publicly on record right. to ethnically cleanse. You know, w- you know, we had discussions in, when people talk about the ethnic cleansing of Palestine. We've had Rashid Khalidi on the show who talked about it. You had uh, uh, Ilan Pape writing the book. The ethnic cleansing of uh, of Palestine, everybody like, you know, they went after him. The Zionists went after him, chased him out of uh, basically uh, Haifa where he used to live. So that's why now he lives in Europe, denying that there was an ethnic cleansing. Well, guess what? They're not shy anymore talking about ethnic no. cleansing. They They're just proud give it, about it. They give it different words. They give it different no. words. Jamal, let's, let's be clear. Smotrich... Uh, the ilk in the uh, Israeli Knesset in the cabinet, they're proud to, to and loud and proud, as we say, to to announce that their plan is to ethnically cleanse. And by the way, not just Gaza, because what we haven't talked about today is the what's happening in the West Bank, what's happening in Janine, what's happening in Nablus, what's happening in Hebron, because there are and in Ramallah that there are Israeli incursions into these areas that are supposed to be under Palestinian control. There are killings, there are arrests, there are, you know, complete shutdowns of entire cities in the West Bank. So this plan, Jamal, that 
that that the apartheid regime has had for a long time since 1948 to de-Palestinianize historic historic Palestine is continuing apace right now and continuing full force under the so-called watchful eyes of uh, of world leaders like Joe Biden, uh, like Antony Blinken, and you know, 2024. I mean, we we should probably talk about this. I mean. I'm I'm anticipating 2024 Jamal is going to be a very bleak year, a very catastrophic year for Palestinians. And we have to say that with a heavy heart right now, with deep sadness, deep anger, knowing that many, many, if not tens of thousands more Palestinians are going to die at the hands of this brutal Israeli uh, genocide against the Palestinian civilian population, and not just in Gaza, but it's going to happen throughout historic Palestine. So my big prediction, Jamal, is that 2024 is going to be a devastating year for Palestinians in Palestine, in historic Palestine, as well as the diaspora. This is not going to be a year to celebrate as we look back on it. Well, every single person I've spoken to in, uh, in the West Bank or Jerusalem, they said one thing, and they said that if Israel succeeds in ethnically cleansing Palestinians out of Gaza, we are next. Absolutely. That's, that's what they're saying, that they're saying that this is, they're going to move next to the West Bank. They're going to move, of course, to Jerusalem, which they've been doing it uh, for many years so far. So basically, let's go into the predictions, Just Your predictions, uh, what's going to happen is look very dismal. Uh, I, I don't see it. I mean, I see the death and the destruction because we're seeing Palestinians getting killed. But at the same time, I'm seeing the resistance is getting stronger. And so now it's a war of attrition in, in Gaza because, yes, Palestinians are getting killed by the hundreds, by the thousands. But every day, Israelis are losing soldiers. And uh, because I watch this on a daily basis, uh, they're destroying uh, Israeli tanks. Uh, we've seen they have so many injuries. They have uh, soldiers going to psychiatric wards. They, they've like if, if freaking out. They don't have the resilience of Palestinians. And, the question, and then, of course, they haven't freed a single hostage right. through force. Through force. And, and, and uh, just uh, today, uh, Smail Hani, uh, uh, he's the uh, leader of Hamas, the, uh, the political wing of Hamas, said clearly that they will not free a single hostage without a total ceasefire cease until their demands are met. So the question is, yes, Israel can receive all the bombs it orders from the United States, but can they keep sacrificing their soldiers there and how long? Because they, uh, just based on experience to what happened to them in Lebanon, at the end of the day, they had to basically leave with their tails between their legs out of South Lebanon. They were defeated by Hezbollah. Right. And so I think, I, I think both of our predictions are true, Jamal. I think the resistance to this uh, genocide and ethnic cleansing will only increase in 2024. I agree with that. I think we're seeing... Uh, global Palestine solidarity, unlike we've ever seen in since 1948. But unfortunately, that is going to be juxtaposed with an ongoing, brutal, depraved, uh, morally bankrupt 
uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, his cabinet, and the Israeli military. Well, that's, the, other, get- that's the second prediction. What will happen to Netanyahu, Smotrich, Ben Gvir? These guys are named as war criminals, just. Aside from, think, aside from that the Israeli public at the end of the day, which right. started, they started demonstrating against Netanyahu. At the end of the day, the families of those, uh, or the bereaved parents, they are going to hold them responsible for the death of their loved ones and for uh, failing to protect the, yes. the uh, you know, the settlements near Gaza and, Here, and their... Here's and their uh, command center that basically fell within hours under Hamas's control. Absolutely, Jamal, but here's my prediction, and you may not like it. Benjamin Netanyahu, at the end of 2024, will remain prime minister. Smochich and Ben Gavir and the uh, right-wing extremist members of his uh, cabinet will remain. They will not be removed. You will see uh, a deterioration and a fragmentation within Israeli civil society. But I, my prediction is they remain in power. Netanyahu remains in power. The settlers remain and, and continue to gain power within his administration, and the bloodshed continues. With this, uh, this I disagree with you. Okay. Netanyahu is gone just like Biden, which we haven't, that's the other prediction. He's going to well, be also a one-termer. Okay, well, we have our predictions, and we'll just kind of close out by saying, and you've heard me say this, and I'm going to make this bold prediction, Joe Biden will will lose the presidency, Donald Trump will become the next president in 2024 of the United States of America. The Democrats and the Congress will pay a price for their morally depraved, morally bankrupt, uh, amoral stance on promoting a genocide and an ethnic cleansing in Palestine, Jamal. The Democrats will pay a price, and this country's leadership should pay a price for what they've done in Palestine. So my first prediction, Joe Biden loses, Donald Trump will be the next president. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. Go to our website, arabtalkradio.com, to download the latest shows, and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week.